visit patreon.com slash sword and laser. Sword and Laser hopes you will enjoy this program. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. I actually just even write books for you, just for you. I like to think that that's actually the reason why you've written several novels at this point, because you're just like, well, someday the Sword and Laser listeners might run out of things to (laughs) read. might run out of things. I doubt it, but just in case. Just in case. Always nice to have options. Tom has written by Tom Merritt at TomMerrittBooks.com. Just in case you've run out of things. What's the new one? Pavaria. Pavaria. What's that about? It's about a colony ship uh, that has broken down and most of the people have forgotten they're on a ship. And so they're trying to repair their engines, but there's this ancient prohibition against it because this woman got killed for by a jaguar a long time ago. I don't know if the if the audience could hear what my face just did, which was <laughs> <laughs> which was like a sudden like turn and stop. Like, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, fascinating. How, Tom... All right, this is a bit of a side sidebar here. Yeah. Where are the actual flying F do you find the time to write these books? NaNoWriMo. Like literally NaNoWriMo? Like, like every NaNoWriMo year you write a book? I write the book, and then I have a task every day to write or edit. And so I'm usually, the rest of the time of the year, I'm editing one of the books that I've written. Fascinating. Polishing it, that kind of thing. That's incredible. Well, uh, Tom, are you drinking any libations this evening? I am. I'm so excited. I'm back on off. The, back on the, the booze. Yeah. <laughs> back no, it's, off it's been a wagon. while since I actually had a nice drink while we uh, while we yeah. recorded, and I'm having uh, because my my wife bought this the other day uh, on an impulse. I'm having a 2015 Chateau de Camassac Bordeaux. Very nice. I am drinking a Hirsch Reserve mm. uh, bourbon whiskey, mm. small batch reserve. Good stuff. A friend uh, brought that as a gift one night for a housewarming. Small batch. Problem with those is you run out quick. Well, it's like I take a sip and it's basically gone. Yeah, it's a small batch. Like why? <laughs> like I, that's it, the the pricing on that is just incredible. I always ask, do you have a medium batch or like least? something like a half pint? I don't know, like something. <laughs> like it's really like this whole industry is just bananas. It's getting a little ridiculous. A little ridiculous. Um, but that's good. Yes, I'm also back on the I, on the alcohol. I'm not supposed to. I'm trying to like cut down on sugar and carbs and and that yeah, stuff. Yeah, me too. And me too. Uh, I hit a. I, don't I hit, drink a lot. I honestly. don't either. I've been drinking. I've been mostly drinking only red wine mm. because that's still supposed to be like the lowest sugar option, yeah. the best for I a lot of other stuff. Ciders a lot instead of beer, even though it has a lot of sugar. A mm-hmm. cider, it doesn't have as many. Um, it doesn't have the Wheat. The, yes, yes. You know, it doesn't are have as many gluten, calories. Are you gluten intolerant? Are you no, gluten no, sensitive? No, no, But it's just, no, I'm not. Uh, it's just that um, it's more calories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, this is a science fiction fantasy show, new it listeners. Is. It really still is, we promise. <laughs> we promise. We're just old friends catching up every other week, talking about stuff in our lives, sharing it with you, hoping you do the same with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although we're the ones talking at you, so it's a little harder. No, but you can talk back. Let's let's jump into the quick burns. 
Like David, David on Goodreads, he told us the 2017 World Fantasy Award winners were announced at World Fantasy Convention in San Antonio, Texas. Sweet. Winners included The Sudden Appearance of Hope by Claire North for Best Novel, The Dream Quest of Velit Beau by Keij Johnson for Long Fiction, and Das Steingeschopf by G.V. Anderson for Short Fiction, among others. Yes, and uh, Terry, Terry Brooks, Brooks and yeah. Marina Warner were honored with Lifetime Achievement Awards, too. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. We also have a post here from TRP. Is that? Yeah. TRP. <laughs> Neil Gaiman just announced that Josie Lawrence will play Agnes Nutter in the TV adaptation of Good Omens, the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter, which uh, she, of course, played the same role in the BBC radio adaptation of the book a few years back, which was the Good Omens, the BBC Four dramatization. Uh, Josie Lawrence is an excellent comic actress and a skillful improviser, especially songs, uh, who people may know from her appearances on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, yeah. Yes, that's yes. where I know her from. Uh, TRP also says, I'm seeing her in the play that Neil Gaiman, uh, Gaiman <laughs> mentions uh, in a couple of weeks in this story. Um, yeah, I always uh, have said Neil Gaiman, it's Gaiman. Um, I learned yeah. that many years ago on Sword and Laser, and still sometimes that happens. Well, he will one day show up on Sword and Laser to, to kind of me. cement it in yeah. your mind. But until think, then, you're probably going to still make the mistake. From time I think that's the only way it can be fixed. Yeah, I agree. You know, he should come on and talk about good omens. I mean, I know he's busy. He's not that busy. He's on Twitter. He's not that busy. He's not that busy. And it's an honor to have you mispronounce someone's name, to be honest. I think so. I like to think so. Uh, Terp Kristen pointed out that Tor.com says that the TV adaptation of Patrick Rothfuss' Kingkiller Chronicles will be called The Kingkiller Chronicle. Squeeing and will, intensifies. And will be on Showtime. Showrunner is John Rogers, uh, formerly of The Librarians, Leverage, and Transformers. <laughs> Apparently, the announcement also included something for the fans to chew on per tour. Set in the world of the wildly popular fantasy series by Rothfuss, the Kingkiller Chronicle will follow a pair of wandering performers on their adventures through the unique and startling world of Temerant, immersing audiences in a universe of unexpected heroes, mystical places, and terrifying dark forces. The television adaptation is a subversive origin Ooh. story of legendary proportions set a generation Whoa. before the events Whoa. of the trilogy's first novel, The Name of the Wind. And then showrunner John Rogers tweeted, a generation is a very, very specific amount of time. It'll make sense later. Mm, okay, so this has got to be Kavoth's parents, I'm guessing. That's what I'm thinking. It's got to be his That's origin one generation. story. Yeah. Like, like the the musicians, the band of musicians, it's got to be all that. It's going to be all that stuff that we're still trying to figure out in the series. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, by the way, Dara pointed out too that Lin Manuel Miranda uh, has a great interview on Vulture.com about the music and how <sighs> King Killer Chronicles actually inspired a bit of Moana. And what? he has written a Lady Lackless song what? because he was just reading the book and it came to him. Hmm. I'm getting all emotional already. So many feelings. Oh, geez. This is going to be, it has to be good, right? It has to be, it'll be good. It'll be amazing. Oh, yes. It will definitely I can't, be good. I do also need to get Showtime, apparently. Also, <laughs> crazy clever 
Mm-hmm. If if we're guessing right, but but set a generation before, even if we're wrong, if it's something else, set before the King Killer Chronicles begins, before the name of the wind, is genius because you can kind of take some time, get people mm-hmm. used to it. It's a great world to inhabit. And then when Patrick Rothfuss does complete the third novel, then you can go into the movies that will cover the events of the books. Yeah. 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 Oh, ah, I love having something to look forward to like that. It's going to be no, really no, cool. I'm so looking forward to this. And you know what? Showtime uh, with Twin Peaks now with King Killer Chronicle starting to hit it out of the park. For yeah, me. I think I think I, I honestly I've said this on the show before. I think that just Game of Thrones. I know it always comes back to this has just set this bar. And I think this expectation of quality yeah. uh, for a lot of these networks um, and, you know, even sh- places like Amazon and Netflix and HBO, Showtime, et cetera, stars even, you know, all these these channels now have this idea like, oh, we can try some things. We can take yeah. some risks. We can go for some new IP that like, not necessarily in the same vein, but people are hungry for this stuff. They they are looking for, uh, you know, a smidge of escapism uh, right now, probably as well. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a good time to take chances. The money's there. The the viewership is there. People are accustomed now to to watching things, you know, either time lapsed or or binge watching. There's all these new ways of enjoying content. We are watching it on our mobile devices. We're watching it on our computers, on our our you know internet connected TVs. It's just it's like a whole new world of of content delivery and 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 consumption. And I mean, obviously, you have a whole show about it on Cord Killers. So I think. I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, Ah. Ah. but it's just, it's, it's really cool. And (laughs) and we are as like the nerds, you know, the, the book nerds, the genre fiction nerds, we're like, we are getting all the good stuff right now. Like this is like people we love and, and, and books and authors that we love are, are getting an opportunity to take their stuff to a whole new audience. And for me, that's like crazy thrilling. Well, okay. Given all of that, which I 100% agree with, mm-hmm. what do you feel about Silvana's story <laughs> okay. that Amazon is in talks about adapting Lord of the Rings yes. to a TV series? Yes. Now, Silvana it- says, why not The Hobbit? While the Lord of the Rings movies are not perfect, there are also other stories in Middle-earth worth exploring. The Silmarillion, Feanor, Turin, Luthien. There are so many other stories. Anyway, if they stick with Lord of the Rings, she hopes there will be Glorfindel and Scouring <laughs> of the Shire and maybe Tom Bombadil. I would watch um, an entire series about Tom Bombadil. So, Silvana, you may not be far off because Amazon is negotiating with Warner Brothers and the Tolkien estate on using material from the Lord of the Rings to create a series. Now, if they're smart, and uh, and I'll get to a reason why I think they might be, they won't do Lord of the Rings, at least mm-hmm. not right out of the gate. They will do maybe Feanor or Turin and Lothian, or Luthien. Uh, they, they might do Galadriel coming from the West. Yeah. They, they might get into some of that Silmarillion stuff, I, you know, these are all like early talks, you know, talking about the universe and I could see them calling it the Lord of the Rings universe because that's what people are familiar with. But going into these other areas, right, because we've already seen the movies bring us some other stuff that's really fun to watch and then maybe eventually just kind of bring us into the world where, okay, it's been long enough that the movies have been gone. 
now we can get into the events. That would be amazing if they just kind of moved through history like that. And yeah. what makes me think they might be doing that is that one of the reports, again, these are all based on sources. They're, they're not official announcements. One of the reports said that they wouldn't get the rights to all the characters. Oh, hmm. Now, if I'm doing Lord of the Rings, I'm not going, you know, well, okay, so we want to have the rights to uh, uh, Gimli. <laughs> Fine, we'll do it without Gimli. No, that's not going to happen. So that made me think, oh, well, maybe they're just getting substories. What? Yeah, I wonder what the right situation is. I wonder if it's like, who who owns a hobbit? Which, uh, well, which, well the Tolkien estate licenses <laughs> out the characters, right? So they may Who's say, they're like, no, you can't have, you can do these stories, <laughs> you right? You can do okay. Turin, you can do Turin stories, and then we'll renegotiate if you want to go somewhere else. I would love it if they were like, okay, you can have Poppin, but you can't have Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> right. No, exactly. <laughs> you can't have him. Like, he's ours. You can't. You have to talk around that character and his experiences. That's it. He's sorry. He's in Stranger Things. You can't have him. <laughs> um, other news that I am uh, insanely excited about, I am, and I feel like I've been you know, sitting on this in my brain for a while now and can finally talk about it because I'm so excited. Felicia Day is going to be on The Magicians on the show. She's going to be on The Magicians, which is like my favorite show. Totally expect that. She's an accomplished actress in all of my favorite shows. Why wouldn't she be in The Magicians? Who's she going to play? She's going to be Poppy. She's going to be the dragonologist Poppy. Oh, kind of a big deal. (laughs) Kind of a big deal. And Poppy is one of my favorite characters. Felicia Day is one of my favorite humans. Yeah. That's I'm like, like too exploding. Much awesome I'm so excited. I know. I am one mm. thing. It's gonna be That's so amazing. Good. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, I want to so punch you. Good thing coming. So much good stuff. On no, TV. no, this is great. This is fantastic. <sighs> hmm. These are two, my two favorite people, and one of them's real. No, yeah. Sometimes. Uh, no, she's, yeah, she's she's super excited about it. I think it's going to be rad. She she was shooting up in Vancouver recently. Uh, it was cool. She had she had her, her baby on set. Uh, it was this whole, like, this whole thing. It was it was super great. Um, I'm super excited for her. I can't wait to see it. I, I man, I, I mean, okay. So, yeah, this is, all right, whatever. It's fine. We should have her on to talk about it. I wonder if she could come on and talk we've about had, it. We've had, we've had a member of the cast of The Magicians That's on the true. show before. Maybe we should get a bunch of them on. Yeah, maybe we can get all of them on. Oh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> now now the we Hirsch uh, Small Batch Reserve is starting to talk. I'm getting a little sweaty. <laughs> we should probably move on to other subjects. Let's move on to uh, <laughs> Louie, who feels this is relevant news to the group, whether you're in San Francisco or not, because Veronica, mm, of mm-hmm. course, leads a regular meeting of Sword and Laser there. Borderlands Books has bought a permanent home thanks to patron sponsorship. Yes, this is, uh, I didn't know Tor wrote about this. This is crazy. That's, uh, I had no idea because I'm, I'm of course also a sponsor of Borderlands. I have been since they kicked off the program three years ago. And so I get all the sponsor emails. And of course I'm there a couple of times a month. And this is like a really big deal for them. So essentially what's going down is the bookstore has been leasing that space for years and the mm-hmm. lease is coming up and it's very expensive for them to stay in in that building in the mission. The and cafe, that's what was going to cause them to close before, right? Right, yeah. right. 
And so the the situation is that there there's two spaces. There's the cafe and there's the bookstore. Both of them are borderlands. The cafe is in the black. It's a profitable business. The cafe is going to stay at its location on on Valencia uh, in the Mission, which is a part of San Francisco. Um, the bookstore is going to move to a new location. I believe it's a Victorian, like an old Victorian building. I'm not 100% sure now. Um, in upper hate. Hmm. So it's going to be, it's, it's not super far away, but it's, mm. it, it's past market street across mm-hmm. this market. That's a thing for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's above market. And so, uh, but it is just a phenomenal situation. Uh, they were able to, to get the loans they needed. They were able to get the funds together to put, get the down payment on, on the building. I think it was something like two point something million dollars to to get this building and but it's wow. going to be a permanent home i mean it's going to be a permanent home for the bookstore um they'll be able to do events there i hope and and all this all sorts of stuff that they've been doing at the 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 mission location for for many many years um you know alan and jude and all those people are still going to have a space to to call home for the business and you know they are they are the the sci-fi fantasy like like home base for for all of for so many of us, you know, on in the Bay Area, and they've just been so central to this community. And just knowing that that's going to continue, selfishly, I wish it was another place in the Mission because I can walk there. Um, but that's just me. Uh, but I'm still, you know, overwhelmingly overjoyed that they're going to stay around, and the cafe is still going to be nearby. And it's it's great. It's just a wonderful thing to see the community come together and and help out, help them out, and and make it possible. You know, there's still good shit in the world. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to. This would never happen. This is so what I'm like. It kind of makes me want to have a level of our Patreon that we would never hit. <laughs> to where, to like, buy a building. Where we had a bookstore, yeah. <laughs> where we had a bookstore. Where, where would it be in It'd Bakersfield? Be in like, You've got Borderlands. Well, okay, but yeah, but <laughs> And no. you should move down here anyway, so it's fine. Okay, well, that's definitely not going to happen because I am a homeowner. <laughs> I guess yeah, I could rent my house. You'd be a store owner. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's exciting stuff. Oh, but, the, but if you sell your San Francisco home, you can buy like six LA homes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm typing. Ryan's calling me. I said, "Recording what?" <laughs> Why? He heard me. He heard me say something about He's moving like, to LA. No, Tom, stop! No. Tell him to shut up. All right. No, so that's, that's what Ryan is saying to me. By the way, that was cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, hey, finally, uh, Nokomis.fl wanted to point out that Omni Magazine is back in print. Uh, 120 mm. page first issue for 11 bucks. Uh, you can find it at facebook.com slash real Omni. They have omnimagazine.com. Apparently that's just got back catalog stuff yeah. on it for the moment. Uh, but if you go to facebook.com slash real Omni, you can find the brand new print version of Omni magazine. Fantastic. All right. And of course, as Tom mentioned, it is November. It is November 8th as we record this. That means we are eight days into NaNoWriMo or NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Yes. NaNoWriMo. Or as Felicia likes to say, NaNoWriMo. A great place for ribs. Uh, I know. I am uh, kicking it on NaNoWriMo again this year. I I failed last year because I had so much crazy stuff going on. Uh, But this year I'm back at it and I am writing a sequel to Pilot X. Oh, cool. Isn't that kind of like against the rules? What? (laughs) 
first of all, I'm just, I'm there just are joking. No I don't care. The rules don't are care. whatever gets you to be able to write. How is it against the rules I don't to have know. a it's topic? Not, to, I don't really care. I was just joking. I was just <laughs> isn't it against the rules to have an idea? Isn't it aren't you like supposed think to, of an idea? You're aren't not supposed, supposed to like, read what you wrote before. Aren't you just supposed to like brain vomit all over the page and just like get it out there? Isn't it supposed to be like Jack Kerouac on the road? Yeah, just like free farm. And I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm doing like yes, my Amy uh, sequel, Schumer imitates other women voice right now, which is like my favorite. The sequel to Pilot X will be free verse, <laughs> beat poetry. Yeah. Very excited. That's a, that's some, a little something new from Tom Merritt. <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring it up is uh, if you are, it's not too late to join in. You can always join in and start writing. The whole thing is to get rid of excuses not to write. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you are joining in, uh, look for me, Ace Detect, and buddy up. Let's buddy up and compare our, you know, help each other over the finish line. So no one thinks that I'm lazy. I have done two NaNoWriMo's successfully, putting that out there into the world. <laughs> Tom's chugging his it's wine right now for some reason. Veronica. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying I'm not a total loser. This was not, I just, this was not meant to be a reflection on you in any way. Listen, uh, my life is just complicated right you, now. Not about you, Veronica. Fine. <laughs> fine. Whatever you say. <laughs> You're great. I am. <laughs> you are. I'm okay. I'm all right. I'll do okay. You're really good. Anyway, so that is that is the stuff. Wow, we spent a lot of time on our quick burns this week. That was like almost an entire podcast of quick burns. So let's try to meaty burn. Quick burns. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's kind of a kickoff week, so it's it's okay. We don't have a ton to talk about uh read the book later. But right now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. This one comes from Mark, who wrote in and said, Hi guys. This is about our last episode. He says, To say nothing of the dog is Connie Willis's friendly nod to Jerome K. Jerome's Three Men in a Boat to Say Nothing of the Dog, a humorous book from the late 19th century originally planned as a serious travel guide and then gone haywire. <laughs> that is one of my favorite books of all time, too. I can't believe oh, really? I didn't immediately put together that that's where that's from. Oh. I always think of Three Men in a Boat, but not mm -hmm. to say nothing of the dog. I always forget about the subtitle. It is hilarious. In fact, one year, uh, two of my friends in Austin, uh, who, who are also fans of the book, and I went and tried to recreate the picnic scene from that book <laughs> at a park, uh, including not bringing a can opener. Fantastic. Do you have that on video somewhere? Was it also with Josh? <sighs> no, was it with was Josh? Like, no, it was not with Josh. Uh, it was also in like 1994. Five. <laughs> so no, I don't have it on video. All right. Because video wasn't invented then. <laughs> the whole world was still was in no black video. and white. Yeah. Okay. And then we also have an email. Actually, this is a forum posting from George who says, Hello, good folks of Sword and Laser. I have a reading challenge dilemma as not in the title that mm, as not in the title that I wanted some advice on. Hope you can help. Sorry, I'm not sure what happened there. I have a goal of 24 books no to read in 2017. I'm at 18, only six more to go. I fell behind a little during the summer, but that has but have been working hard to catch up. This 18 is already a huge accomplishment for me as I haven't really read anything since I was in middle school. Awesome, George. Here's the dilemma. I'm a slow reader, and I really, really, really want to read The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. As most of you know, the book is 1,000 bajillion pages long, and I might as well throw out my goal for this year. So, should I read The Way of Kings or focus on shorter books to knock out my goal before reading it? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Out, 
mic drop. Tom and I both did a mic drop uh, <laughs> motion at the same time. George. So I will echo what tons of other people in the thread said, which is that the reading challenge is just that. It's just a challenge. It doesn't mean anything. It's fine. Some people do it just to keep themselves going. I would say that reading The Way of Kings is well worth six more other books. I think that is totally fine. And in fact, if you just want to feel better about it, you can do what some of the other people in the forums do, which is count graphic novels (laughs) or much smaller books as finishing a book, if that's really going to make you feel better. And just like, just like, you know, pound it out. Just just read through. Pavaria is only 168 pages. Perfect. Just read six Pavarias. Two things I love about this thread, first of all, is that everybody was of like mind because mm-hmm. my response when I've read this post was the same as yours, which is like, oh, no, the whole point of reading goals is to get you to read. And if that's what you want to read, you should just read what you want to read. Like you're past the hard part that, you know, the second thing that I love is that George responds later on in the thread is like, that's great advice. Thanks, everybody. Totally not going to listen to it. I'm going to wait until January to start reading Brandon Sanderson. George! And and I'm going to find six small books to finish up with. Okay, Uh, well, that's fine. So, I think it's, no. it's a good like way to kick off your year is to read like one really big book. Like that's totally fine to kick off your 2018 reading challenge. Well, and I sometimes you need to hear other people exp- espouse something before you crystallize your decisions. Yeah, your I, resolve. Think that's, I think that's what happened is like, no, I just can't give up on my I have to do the 24. I know I can do it. Uh, and so he reached a compromise. He's like, I'm definitely going to read The Way of Kings. That happens in January. Perfect. Win or lose on on the challenge. (laughs) He's given himself to the end of the year. So good luck, George. Go, George. You can do it. We are rooting for you. And now we have a dramatic reading by Tom Merritt. Apocalypse Diary. Day three. Without electricity. I have been plunged back to the 70s. The 1870s. Read a book about a similar apocalypse, the fifth season, by Firelight and Candlelight. Plugged phone into car and drove around to recharge it. Okay, it's a weirdly advanced 1870s. Alt-universe, clearly. (laughs) The plague has struck down my nearest neighbors, who live across the hill in the woods. The lone survivor trucked over to offer a cup of jolt, which I have gladly accepted. Our suffering bonds us. The heavens are troubled no more, the sunlight shining brightly down through ice-blue skies and skitters across the fallen, frosted leaves. It is almost enough to make one forget the devastation wrought by the storm which hath brought us so low. I feel an especial kinship to my compatriots to the south, who suffered a similar fate not long ago, although I dare say they are not also dealing with freezing temperatures, (laughs) but this is not a competition, nor what we elders termed a pity party in those long-ago seventies. I keenly feel empathy in our shared plight. The animals and I have retreated to our domain's great room, huddled by the fire. I envy them, their obliviousness to our suddenly shifted lot, and wonder which will eat me first. My money's on the chihuahua. Diminutive demons and pint-sized princesses will cavort and gamble this eve, begging for treats I do not have. Their tricks may push our fragile existence beyond the brink. Perhaps they will accept spoilt cheese as a bribe to stay their hands? We'll soldier on and report later. Trike, 1870. <laughs> Trike's power went out. Yeah, it was uh, the storms. 
I have a friend up in Maine. Same thing. Storms came, knocked his power out for a couple days. My power went out twice the past. And actually, because of storms. From not from I don't know why, I don't know why a transformer or from blew up. Poor planning. Poor planning. <laughs> not on my part. Yeah, not on your part. I didn't. Not on that. my part. No, <laughs> you want to be at the Blockmont household when shit goes down. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. we're ready. We're ready. Thank you, Trike. That was a that was a fun post. Uh, I, I hope to. I, I believe that your power is back now. A week later. Yes. If Trike, if you could provide a picture, not necessarily of you, but of someone bearded, <laughs> that we could do a Ken Burns effect on, that we, and we could make a, make a video out of that, that'd be great. My sweet Agatha. <laughs> <laughs> My dearest Amanda. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the book of the month pick for November. Uh, this is a, a Tom pick. It is a, a, a time travel uh, story, which uh, I mentioned in previous episodes that I felt like a lot of those had happened and to which the the uh, the data scientists at Sword and Laser pointed out that no, in fact, we have only maybe read two uh, ever. Two so- others besides <laughs> this. So three now, three total. Three total. And so I, I feel better about that. And also yeah. um, maybe it's because you're a time traveler and in the future we've read a lot more. Maybe, maybe that that could be it. Um, but we are reading Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. And uh, yeah, Tom, tell me a bit about this. So uh, I will try to stay non-spoilery. If mm-hmm. you want to be pure as the driven snow about it, though, you'll want to tune out. Uh, but I won't won't give any spoilers about plot twists or anything like that. Nothing, nothing beyond book jacket copy type stuff. Uh, it is about... A future England uh, wherein uh, there are academics who engage in historical research by time travel. Yeah. So they send people back in time uh, to do observations and research. And there's, you know, there's some basic rules about it that get set up very early in the novel. And one of the important ones is that paradoxes kind of prevent themselves from happening. Right. So if you send someone back to a point in time where they could change things, the physics of it will work so that they won't land at exactly that time. So there's always this chance for what they call slippage mm-hmm. uh, that they have to determine. It's basically uh, like a time shifting. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's this whole technical thing that they have to do. And they're at the beginning of this book, they're sending someone back uh, to the mid early 1300s in England. And the story begins from there. And I think what's really cool about it that I didn't expect is the parallel stories of the historian who's being sent back in time and and what happens to her in the past, but also the story of what's happening with the academics who sent her back because mm-hmm. things are happening in Oxford, which right. is where she was sent from, uh, at, while she's there. What and then and the other thing I should point out is that the way it works, time is parallel in both cases. And Connie Willis does a great job here because a lot of times movies and time travel stories just assume like, oh, well, if he's spent 10 days in the past, then he has to come back 10 days later. And it's like, well, wait a minute, it's time travel. Couldn't he just come back right after he left? You know? And she says, no, the way, again, the physics of it are that the time that you spend there will be parallel to the time you return to. And it's explained better than I am here. But but so she has to wait for the what they call the drop to return. And so you've, you've got this story in Oxford about what's happening in between them mm-hmm. sending her and opening the drop so she can come back. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. The, the idea of the paradoxes and that basically t- space-time prevents these problems from happening. 
somehow. And these, these are lessons that are taught in schools at a very young age, but everyone's like, okay, the paradoxes, whatever. Like it's, it's so like accepted at the, at this point in the, in this future world of ours, um, or this future version world of ours that, that everybody, like it's just taken for granted in a lot of ways. Well, you even have the one, the one younger character who, who says like, well, Hey, wait a minute, why can't you just do this? And I'm like, cause it doesn't work that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but on, it, kid. You should know better. Um, but yeah, I think her, her writing style, I, 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 I'm just imagining Tom just enjoying the hell out of this book. Like just the way that, that like the, the things they talk about, the things they do being in, in, in Oxford and in London at this time and just like going to the pub and blah, blah, blah. And it's very cute. And they just talk like the way they talk has really sucked me in, in a very cute way. They feel super, super human, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like it Mm -hmm. feels like people you might meet and the conversations are very natural. And the conversation conversations that the people have in the Tom is literally waving a union jack at me right now. Like that is why do you even have that? Zoe Briggs Bacon gave me these when Aww, I was in London. That's cute. Yeah. Tom really likes England. Um and like they they go off on little tangent conversations and it's just it's so fascinating. And at first I was like what is this book about? Like I didn't understand what was really happening from maybe like the first several pages yeah. and then I kind of started all coming together and people started making sense and the story became cohesive and because they just they really throw you right in to like a work in progress it feels yeah, they're like setting up the time machine and there's yeah. so many names that was the thing so in many the first names. couple of pages I'm like oh I gotta slow down I gotta slow down and figure yeah. out who's who I just because- did the thing no see I do the opposite I I completely do the opposite which is I just continue to blow past all of that. And I'm like, this will become clear to me shortly. I'm not going to worry myself about this now. But there were so many this first time through. I'm like, wait a minute. I I think I need to, for survival, Mm -hmm. I've got to figure out like Mm. who's done Woody and Montoya and and Inigo Montoya. No, it's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's, it, that is confusing. The other thing that's frustrating me, and I think it's frustrating me in a good way is she keeps setting up these mysteries. Mm-hmm. I'm using that term very broadly. Like, you know, like there's an unknown thing like, oh, who did that? Or what's going to happen with that? And she just does not give you the answer. She just keeps stringing you along. Mm-hmm. So you start to like make assumptions about things and you're like, oh, this is probably wrong. And then she'll give you the tiniest bit. And you think, oh, this is it. She's going to tell me. And like, no, no, still don't. Still don't have it put together. Not so much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. So hopefully you guys will too. It's it's still early in the month and I've got a ways to go. But I spent all day Monday, like I got home from work at like six and just read for like four hours. I This is definitely a book where I am not just picking it up because I need to finish it for the show. I am finding reasons to read it. Uh, and that's, that's always a really good sign. And apparently, uh, to say nothing of the dog, is a lot more lighthearted a lot, lot heavier on that banter uh, than this one. This one is even is even a little. From what people have said, this one is is even a little more serious. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to keep going with this one. So yes, Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. Pick it up and read it with us. It's it's a good one. 
Well, I guess that about wraps up this episode. Um, thank you guys so much. Our our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. So thank you all to the folks who back our show. And if you want to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Uh, you can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can always call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD6. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.